Okay, welcome back to episode nine of Joshi Joshi, which I think is really something like episode 14 or 15. We do so many side episodes at this point. I am here with Tom. Hello, and I'm here with Justin. Hello. Hello. And we have, uh, we got a lot to cover this week. Um, I suppose first off, we'll start, we'll just get right into it and we'll start with the same stuff we always start with. Uh, but this time, a little bit different. Uh, Tom went to his live shows and got to see two retiring wrestlers. So I guess we'll just jump right into that. You want to start with, uh, the first one you saw. Okay, so we did a double shot in Eve where we got to see Command Bolshoi again. Yes. Um, she worked a tag match and then she worked a singles match against uh, Leon. I heard the Leon match was really good. Oh, it was so good. One of the best matches I've seen in that place. Possibly the second best match I've seen in that place outside wow. of Emi Sakura and Kaylee Ray. Oh, I thought you were going to say... Uh what was it, Nina Samuels, Charlie Morgan? No, I, I I like Nina, but I wouldn't put her in that category. I don't. Did I mean Nina? When did Charlie Morgan make a name for herself diving off a balcony? Oh, balcony. That, that, that was um, <laughs> that was a different venue. So uh, oh, oh, that's sorry. your that's your call. Oh, okay. that was last year, and that was a really good match. But I, I the. The best ones I've seen were Kaylee Ray versus Emi Sakura. Gotcha. Which was the, t- the point when I suddenly realized, oh, right, Emi Sakura is fucking great. Um, <laughs> She's sort of good at this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, right. Yes, so I got to see them. The, like I say, the Command Bolshoi versus Leon match was fantastic. You know, everyone wants Leon to come back. Uh this is the second time around for Bolshoi visiting the UK. Uh, I guess we left a good impression last time since she wanted to come back again. Yeah, and she did pretty quickly. Yeah, well, she didn't have much time left, so... Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> but uh, the first time she was here, apparently, for the She One, she got injured earlier on, which sort of led to a few, not lackluster matches, but matches that were below what she wanted to deliver. Right. So apparently one of the reasons why she wants to come back fully healthy and really show everyone how great she is. And she is great. She is. Yeah, I was uh, I was really impressed. <laughs> She's one of the slickest wrestlers I think I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. If you know what I mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. She just she just does stuff. It's There's no thought involved. It's just that yeah. instant. Like, I want to achieve this. This has happened. And everything looks just so smooth and perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, got to see her, which was really great. Got uh, First time I've ever seen Leon as well, which was, she was really impressive. And I hope that we get more, you know, well, it's not JWP anymore. What is it? It's uh, Pure J. Pure J. I hope, we get, yeah. I hope we get more Pure J talent in. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, I also saw... Uh, I went to a women's tournament a couple of weeks ago in Kamikaze Pro, which was, uh, you know, just a bunch of interesting, uh, it was an interesting eight woman tournament. There are people you might know, like Chardonnay were in it or Shanna, uh, but Chantel Jordan, if, 
if you think of Millie McKenzie as being like a, a version of Brock, a teenage version of Brock Lesnar, then Chantal Jordan is a teenage version of Alistair Black. Right. <laughs> she has like, um, she's 15. She's a Taekwondo black belt. Um, Which is ridiculous on its own. Yeah, it. yeah. And she's just like, what, watching her go through to the final of this show and then Shanna grabs her, drags her over in front of her mother, asks her if she gave permission for the for Chantal to be <laughs> here in this, what is effectively a, a working men's club. It's a pub. You know, there's a bar and everything. Her mother says yes, and Sh- and Shanna proceeds to brawl with her throughout the entire area, across the <laughs> bar, uh, you know, just throughout the entire place. The match ended with a uh, dragon suplex through a table. <laughs> it's like... It's absolutely crazy. Like one of those things where a lot of people are saying that this shouldn't be legal, but not bad know, for 15 years old. I'm not in charge of whether or not it's legal. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, give her three years. I think we'll see her making, well, I don't want to attach too much to a 15 year old, but still, I mean, Millie McKenzie was a workable name at 17 in right. terms yeah. of like being recognized and filling spots uh, in the Midlands, so I think Chantal Jordan could do something very similar. Wow. wow. And finally, last night at, uh, well, a little over 24 hours ago now, almost exactly 24 hours ago, I went to go see Chris Wolf's retirement show. Yes. Chris Wolf, in case anyone hasn't really cottoned onto it, my favorite wrestler for the yes. last, you know, 18 months or so since I discovered she existed. (laughs) (laughs) She spent a lot of that time in the UK. Uh, She has, she's stated that the revolution, the revolution gallery. That's right. The res gal is her favorite venue. Eve is the company she enjoys working for most. And she wanted to end her career here. So Dan and Emily, who are in the company, just said, fine, we'll let you book the show, too. (laughs) (laughs) And so what happened was the entire first half was a almost a autobiographical wrestling show. It opened with Session Moth Martina as an egg and three of the other wrestlers, uh, Laura DiMatteo, uh, Killer Kelly and Erin Angel as Sperm. Yeah, I was going to say, it started at Inception. Yeah, yeah, so Conception, yeah. Conception, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. But, uh, yeah, she, uh, the, the purpose of the match was <laughs> for them to Im- impregnate Session Moth, uh, who was running around screaming, I don't want any more babies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, my fe- the creepiest moment in the entire match was when um, Ki- Session Moth has all three girls down in each, in three corners, and she's about to do the Bronco Buster, and then yeah. all of a sudden just realizes what that's going to entail, and the face Killer Kelly makes, complete with gum shield in, just anticipating the possibility of being able to impregnate Session Moth through the medium of a Bronco Buster. <laughs> oh, the creepiest thing I've ever seen. But, yeah, yeah, I'm and, uh. I saw that in gift form. And, and Laura Di Matteo Im- imitating, 
a, a sperm with a lack of motility, let's say, just spinning around and bumping into the corners the entire time. <laughs> I asked Chris after the show if she gave them some point, acting pointers on how she wanted the sperm to behave. And she said, I gave them a sort of a general gist and then they just ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was next? Oh, yes. Uh, teenagers. Uh, we had Ginny or Ginny Havoc. If she was Ginny there. Havoc coming out in full Jimmy Havoc gear whilst Jimmy Havoc was in the building. Oh, was he? No, yeah, no, he he, he lent her the gear. <laughs> okay. He He's actually at, like, half the Eve shows. Oh. He, he loves going to these things. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> she's, like, just throwing up the horns and saying, Slipknot, yeah. And then gives her <laughs> Jimmy Havoc yell at her, It's AFI, you dickhead! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, facing off against Jetta, who yep. was sort of street Jetta version. That was fucking hilarious. I didn't get that. Why did she do that? What? Why was she street oh, uh, Jetta? Uh, they were just angry 15-year-old teenagers. Oh, okay. They gotcha. spent most of the match trying to get served at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and then grassing on each other. It's not a phase. Yeah, exactly. That phrase was used. Oh god. <laughs> it was amazing. Um uh, what else? Oh yes, uh there was a match where Chris basically when she arrived in Japan before she even knew what wrestling was, spent twenty days cycling across the mountains of Japan and yep. ha- and hallucinating somewhat apparently. So mm-hmm. there was a match between Jamie Hayter, who was a ninja, versus Viper, who was a mountain. <laughs> uh Viper doing her mountain impression, which basically is just make a V-shape with your arms and say, Mountain! (laughs) (laughs) Got over absolutely huge. She will be known as Mountain in this promotion from now on. Mountain. (laughs) Uh, Jamie Hayter just like... She came down to ringside and then just disappeared somewhere. (laughs) Uh Nobody knew where the hell she was. It was amazing. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, that was a fun match. Uh, and then we got Charlie Evans versus Tito. Tito, who yeah. people who don't know, is Chris Wolf's wolf mask. Uh, yes. Most closely resembling one of those uh, Yoshihiko DDT matches. Uh, yeah, well, they put, just to clarify that, they put the wolf mask on a blow-up. Blow yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, Charlie Evans thought it was necessary to include thumbtacks in this <laughs> and took the bump into them herself. God. It's like, when she, we're right by the entranceway. She's walking back up the stairs, pulling thumbtacks out of her back and going, ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you expect? Yeah. Well, uh, I saw that, uh, I saw a gift that, uh, Tito pulled out the old 450. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. C- credit to the referee in that match as well. Tom did a great <laughs> job. Right. Um, yeah, oh, and that was and then. Then we had the second half, which was an Eve title match between Nina Samuels and uh, Kaylee Ray. Yeah, which uh, was won in slightly suspect fashion by Kaylee Ray, but who cares? Chris Wolf counted the pin. It's her <laughs> show. That's right. <laughs> and uh, then we finally got to the main event, which was a almost a traditional stardom style. Chris versus everyone on the roster in a gauntlet match with time limit rules. Right. Uh, two minutes for each person. Oh, two minutes. Okay. 
and Chris basically, I can't even describe how going through it was, but it was just, it was beautiful. It really was. And yeah. but at a certain point when the crowd, when the heels all started to team up on her, Akti Asakawa comes down, full makeup, swicking Jack Daniels, which yep. should have been rum, but never mind. <laughs> uh, spits it in their faces, throws the heels around and uh, makes enough space for Chris to get her comeback. That was awesome. <laughs> Just yeah. tremendous moment. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah, it was just, and after that, it was like about half hour of just videos and speeches. And when, when act came out, did they play her old stardom music or, you know, I can't even clock it because it was so just hectic. Yeah. I, I, it was so much happening. Like a hundred things happened through that whole thing. <laughs> Just like there's there's streamers going everywhere and dance parties and hugging yeah. and kissing and everyone's just like it's it was an amazing amazing show. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, got to say hi to Chris again. Uh, you know, took a few pictures. Just had a chat with her about sperm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you got to uh, get a picture with Act. I did. Yes. Uh. Co- uh very much a thank you to Peregrine from the Oratory, Tom, because he managed to... We were sort of awkwardly wondering if we could ask her for the favour, because she was halfway down the stairs, and she wasn't really mingling with everyone. Right. And then we didn't realise, but once that happened, the floodgates were open, and everybody there took a picture with Act. <laughs> <laughs> but she was so nice about it that I just... I think she was... I think she was happy that so many people knew who she was. In fact, I know she was because there were a couple of guys there who could speak Japanese translating with her and they were just saying she's just, she was just overwhelmed by the fact that so many people wanted to, you know, uh, take pictures with her. And yeah, I, I, I read her, uh, it was either on her Twitter or her line blog that she, yeah, she didn't know if anybody would recognize her. So she was very happy. Yeah. I, I, it was she was so nice you know just just couldn't ask for a, a more sort of gracious person to and everyone else was not selling merchandise this evening it was purely chris and there were only two attractions really going on which was the queue for chris wolf which was big and right. she was taking care of everyone properly she was being very generous with her time and the mobile queue for act as she wandered around the place taking free photos. Right. So. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. I mean, if they thought about it, they should have set up another, another stall for act and say, look, ten, look, a tenner a photo and the money all goes to Chris. Yeah. Um, people, I bet she would have got the same amount of photos taken. I would yeah. have paid. I would have paid yeah. honestly, but, but yeah, it was water under the bridge. And I've got to say, huge props to certain people for making making a real effort to be there, because Martina, not through her own fault, missed her flight and had to spend a good amount of money to get to that building on time. Oh. Uh. Which, you know, it absolutely sucks, but I I love her to death for making that effort, and I will, I will have to, you know, give her some support at some point just to thank her for that, because it was... You know, it was great to have her there and great to have all these other people who really love Chris there. So Yeah. Yeah. Um Well I will say that uh 
That's sort of unique in the sense that when we started this show, there were two people we said were gateway drugs into Joshi Puresu in the uh, modern environment, and now we've lost them both. So Maho retired around roughly this time last year, mm. and now Chris this year. So both of the uh, the major gateways into easy, accessible modern Joshi fandom are gone. So yeah. um, I don't know. I'm sure someone will come up and take yeah, the places. There's, al- there's always new people. There's always somebody worth gifting. There's always somebody yep. who's worth following. Yeah, there's Maki Ido now, Miyomo now. All we need to do is wait another year and see where the new fans come from. Right. There's always going to be somebody else. Right. But at the same time, you know, with these unique people, there's nobody quite like Chris Wolf. Right. Like, I, don't, I really don't think there's anyone as universally beloved. Yeah. Like, by, like, because everybody there, like, from fans to wrestlers, just loved her. So. Yeah. Because she's so, so unbelievably nice. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, with that dealt with, shall we move on to our list of topics? Uh, let's do it. Uh, one final time, though, from Joshi Joshi, especially from Tom. Thank you, Chris Wolf. Yes. Thank you so much, even though I said it in person. Yes. Multiple yeah. times. Multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So into the news. Um, first up, we have uh, what had previously taken over the GIF world for a little while, for a couple months, maybe two months, uh, from Ice Ribbon. Last year's uh, Female Wrestler of the Year for Tokyo Sports, Tsukasa Fujimoto versus a very angry female panda named Tintin. <laughs> so, okay. <clears throat> this is actually great. Like, uh, okay. So everyone, well, <laughs> I, I want to give some. You gotta compose yourself for this one. I, I want to give some background. <laughs> uh, everyone knows, well, almost everyone knows. Uh, well, people know. People know. <laughs> some people, people know. know. <laughs> and Andre's a giant panda, <laughs> um, which is just like a ten-foot panda that costume. In case you're wondering. Uh, that wrestles in Japan, and he has never been beaten. So recently, there was a battle royal for a spot in a Japanese uh, boy band, and so of course the the twelve foot or whatever panda won the battle royal and got a spot in a boy band, a real boy band. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I the, love it. <laughs> yeah. Um it's called like Junretsu or something. And uh unfortunately for Andreza, he was fired an hour later. Now the great thing about this is he got fired because of a scandal with his mistress, a sex scandal. Um now this is oh this has a past and a future. <laughs> the the past is that the person he replaced by winning that boil, battle royal 
was fired for getting caught in a sex scandal. <laughs> so, talk about a little bit on the nose. <laughs> but isn't Andresa married? He is married. That's why it's such a big deal. And that's why uh, when it came out through uh, uh, various sources, a photo of Andres uh, backstage flirting with Tsukasa Fujimoto. (laughs) (laughs) They were caught having a moment, and uh, that's how he lost his job. (laughs) Um, However, Tsukasa immediately, you know, talked to the press and denied anything bad was going on. There's nothing bad going on. Well... <laughs> then the Tokyo Sports Awards that we talked about happened, and she won Female of the Year. And a photo from backstage at the Tokyo Sports Awards comes out of her and Andreza kissing. Inc- <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, his his wife found out about this. Andreza's wife is Tintin, and they have a young panda child. I can't think of his name right now. Um, well, Andreza apologized. He got on his knees, but his wife wouldn't have it. She was going to divorce him, and she was going to kill Sukasa Fujimoto. So now um, she challenged her to a match. And they had the match. So, <laughs> and it's it's really great because when she challenged her to the match, she had this, like, picture of Tsukasa on a stick. And she was chewing on the picture on the stick while she was challenging her to the match. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's just so fucking great. So, anyway, they had the match. And Tsukasa delivered the uh, the ocean cyclone suplex and all that. Um, but then Andreza came out. And Tsukasa goes to the top rope to deliver the final blow. And Andreza gets on the ring open. And Tsukasa thinks they're going to hug, so she goes to hug him. And he headbutts her off the top rope to the floor. <laughs> So anyway, then the aftermath of all this is that uh, Andres and Tintin got back together with their son, and Tsukasa apologized to everyone, and uh, they're just one big happy panda family, and everything is hunky-dory now. Uh, (laughs) But it's amazing that they can tell this this story about a real-life boy band, a giant panda, infidelity, forgiveness, and 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 out of family uh using giant pandas <laughs> it's just incredible they're, they're they're a great promotion especially when you think of the easy things that so many wrestling companies cannot even do <laughs> and they accomplish this it's pretty incredible it's delightfully straightforward storytelling but just yeah. using the medium of holy shit that panda is massive <laughs> There's a great photo uh, of the thing where you know how Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy they do the I think it's poetry in motion where Jeff jumps off Matt's back yeah 
Well, they had one girl down on her knees like Matt Hardy and another bent over. So it was like a ladder of sorts. And Sukasa climbed up this human ladder at a sprint and did a one-legged drop kick that like inverted Tintin's entire face. And it's just brilliant. <laughs> it's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember seeing uh, Andreza have a match with uh, Maki Ito. <laughs> they've, they've had multiple confrontations, but like... The sheer insanity of somebody... Of course, if a giant fan-operated inflatable panda suit exists, then, of course, the Japanese people are going to say, we should wrestle it. Yes. yes. <laughs> it, was, it was inevitable. Yeah. <sighs> so great, though. <laughs> oh, okay. It's genius. I love it, too. I love it, too. It's, it's so much better than anything in a... To me... I don't speak for you. <laughs> to me, it's... And, of course, we're going, going. Our stories this week are going in order of importance. So yes, yeah, we're building up. <laughs> that, um, that was the most important thing. We're, that was the most important. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. This is just so much better than anything a real big company has done in so long. It's just ridiculous. Okay. Um, next, Tom. Uh, the, those elite guys, what'd they do? They went and signed Hikaru Shida. Hell of a signing. Yes. In terms of, hey, we want a Japanese women's ace. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I know that she's planning on working some upcoming dates, and then she'll go back to Japan. And then in November, when whatever they plan to do for TV kicks off, she'll be joining full time. Yeah, she's going to uh, move to America, she says, and go back once a month for Makai, which uh, we talked about on the show, the year-end awards show with uh, Zolazi. Uh, that's the live performance show. And actually for Golden Week, which just started in Japan, 7 a.m. Eastern time, so what's that, noon for you, they are showing uh, free shows on YouTube, and it's... I'm going to watch them all. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she'll, I guess, be based out of Vegas and go back to Japan once a month, which seems very hectic, but I'm sure she can do it for a lot of people while. have tours, so. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see people get a handle on her. Because she is, compared to a lot of other, other Japanese people who come across, you know, she is both on that level and distinct at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, I've... I'm excited to see uh, to see Shida in the US in that kind I mean, of promotion, especially with Kenny booking it. Yeah, and she it's, had arguably, for a lot of people, the match of the year last year versus yeah. Aja Kong. Yeah. And, of course, Aja Kong is also featured as part of the... Uh, part of AEW. Well, at least well, a short term. I, I mean, I may have missed something, but I think her and Yuka are just double or nothing. Who knows what'll come after that? I mean, yeah, Yuka's signed permanently to Tokyo Joshi, but maybe Aja can come right in. Well, they've got a good relationship with DDT. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool if they could send wrestlers over for. Uh, excursions there i think really yeah like yeah. imagine you know miyu for six months yuka for six months or even three months who knows it would be very cool 
Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's great for Shida. It's good in general, I think, for the relationship between uh, Japan and uh, AEW. Yeah. And I think Kenny's got a great eye for talent. I mean, those two know each other anyway, but yeah, it's... Yeah, uh, yeah, they knew each other years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so that's Hikaru Shida to AEW. That's that's a great signing. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm also, you know, I think it's interesting how all these different promotions are intermingling these days. So you get Hikaru Shida, she's freelance, Aja is freelance. But then you have Yuka from TJPW wrestling them. Uh, you have B Priestley, who's AEW, who is a stardom worker. That's interesting. Um, and then you have, you know, Stardom is bringing in uh, NXT UK girls like Tony Storm and Zia Brookside. That's interesting. Uh, it's, it's just... There's it's, a lot of it, crossover. There's a lot of crossover these days. It's it, really interesting. Yeah. It's, it's Certainly we had a, a big fear like last year or so that this period would be so restrictive that it would prevent yeah. all the talent working together but it's not really proved to be the case not so far you know tony storm had her emotional goodbye at eve and then we also had a Ginny a, a, a loose leaves town match which, which Ginny lost yeah and Ginny's just been back no yeah. problem like able to work wherever she likes so yeah uh i, I honestly i, I, I wish I, they handled the american nxt that way I am kind of surprised that they let uh, Tony go over when she's actively the UK champion. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm not, I don't think she's going to lose any matches. She might. I think she'll draw. Yeah, I think she'll know. draw with Momo and win the rest. But yeah, I mean, that's really interesting that she has this opportunity. So it is. It's. I, I think it's great, and I really do wish. Like, imagine. I guess they are busier at the American NXT because they got to do. Uh, fucking burpees all day, but <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting, you know. It, it's not going to happen. I may as well not even think about it. Yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, the best tournament of the year for me. Um, some years, a lot of years. Catch the wave 2019. So pro wrestling wave is back, Tom. Um, the website is new. It looks looks great, I think. But the streaming service is just gone. Um, who knows if they'll bring that back? It's probably not a priority right now while they rebuild. Uh, the, a lot of the matchups they've been putting on, like the cards, they look really good. I haven't seen any of them, but the, they look like they're good. Um, but Catch the Wave 2019 is coming. Uh, so far, let me read the list because it's a hell of a list. Um, okay, so Yumioka, which is the new booker, uh, Yuki Miyazaki. Hirotus, or Sakura Hirota, which is, everyone knows her, and that's their new signing. Ryo Mizunami, which um, you didn't watch much, Wave Tom. No, I haven't, no. That was Misaki Ohata's partner in Avid Rival. Okay. And it's been said, for its worth, that Kenny Omega is a big fan of hers, so she might, you know, show up in AEW herself sometime. Uh, you got Na- Nagisa Nozaki. You have Mika Iwata. Excellent. Hell yeah. Hikaru Shida. Uh, Himeka, Himeka 
Aritha Miyuka Takasi Takumi Aroha. And you, uh, as in why you, you, not, not Tom. And there's also a young block, which is, uh, Maria Ibuki Hoshi Haruka Umesaki and a winner of a match from tomorrow, which kind of sucks. Um, their new future ace. Well, I guess she's probably been a future ace for a while, but they're really running with it now. Heroe, which just she only goes by Heroe now, mm-hmm. versus uh, one half of Neutra, Rin Katakura. And I say that sucks because I want them both in. <laughs> um, and I, that match I, I, I think I've seen Rin Katakura. Yeah, she's half a Neutra, so I'm sure you've seen her in some tag stuff. Um, and Heroe is known for wearing orange. I don't know if that helps remember you. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not what she's known for, but you know what I mean. That's bright orange and not Kaori Oniyama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I wish they were both in. Um, but, yeah, you got announced also. So I think it's going to miss out, of course, again, without Misaki Ohada because – Everything misses out on losing Misaki Ohada. But when you have people like Mika Iwata, Hikaru Shida, Yu Yomioka, Ryo Mizunami, Takumi Aroha, uh, and every, it, it's, it's still going to be really good, I think. So I'm excited for that. So I mean, in terms of accessing this, are we, are we looking at the, you say there's no streaming service at the moment? Yeah, you're not going to see it. <laughs> ah, come on oh, I, I was believe, all set for another tournament <laughs> I believe it starts May 5th um, that's a Sunday right could be let me look at my calendar it's a 1-7 chance yeah it's a Sunday oh, okay. <laughs> so that's uh, going to be when it starts um, it, it was it's pretty neat because uh, your hometown, well not hometown, home country promotion got some play on the Eve or the Wave website when they said, uh, uh, "It is you who wrestles for Pro Wrestling Eve." So yes, uh, yeah. Pro Wrestling Eve is nominally her home promotion, apparently. Yeah, she. I mean, I guess she signed with them uh, in the sense that she they will always be first priority. They well, yeah, I I've, I've no idea. I have no idea whether or not they have the capacity to actually sign anyone, but yeah, yeah, it's still it's very I mean very welcome. I mean she, I'm sure she worked more Rev Pro shows than she worked Eve shows last time around. But <laughs> you tell me, I don't. Uh, I don't. She's um, you is always welcome. Yeah. Like I'm, I would have expected fans. her to sign in WXW. She spent a lot of time in Germany. Yeah, oh, the same time as Chris did. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she's a uh, uh, big fan of you. She's very capable and, and super nice as well. So, yeah, she's always great. Yeah. Um, so speaking of you, uh, I guess we can quickly touch on uh, DDT slash N. No, not NJPW, TJPW in New York City. Um, we both had some friends live at this show. It was an awesome show, but we'll, we are a Joshi podcast, so we will just focus on the 1-4 uh, Korakuen rematch of uh, Maki Ito versus Miyu Yamashita. And that was a really good match. It was basically just, you know, the greatest hits. It was like a... It was like the summary version of their 1-4 match, but with a much hotter crowd because that 1-4 crowd was really weird. Yeah. And um, 
they both got over huge. It was really cool. Um, and Maki had a great time in New York City. She ended up going to fucking Joey Ryan's penis party and uh, <laughs> had her head sandwiched by two male asses. <laughs> um, I, 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 my favorite part of that was, um, Oh God! I think it was I think it was Joey uh, Joey Ryan himself. I think uh, this is on Colt Cabana's podcast uh, asking. Uh, no, it was Colt who was talking to the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, mm-hmm. an ordained clergyman. Right. <laughs> Tried to explain. Uh, he's uh, uh, Ted. Ted's just saying, oh, "Which show are you going to now?" And he's uh, Joey Ryan's penis party. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. What was that? It's um. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Joey Ryan's penis party. He <laughs> <laughs> thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, was that the show? I can't remember. Wasn't there a picture of Maki backstage with, like, a bunch of the bloody wrestling tampons or something? It was just, I have no idea. It was so, a crazy fucking show. It's, it's a crazy weekend. Yeah. But, um yeah, I, I, the, the matching question the was it was shorter than I would have liked because I've I think you could build a lot of drama out of those two, but the response yeah. the crowd gave it was great. I mean, the yes. match was what something like twelve minutes or something. Right yeah, and, and they were into everything, and they even responded back to Maki's "Who's the cutest in the world?" thing, and yeah, it's really great. And it looked like Miu also. Had, I mean, she won on the Shine Show. She won the their championship the shine championship and it resulted in like all these really cool photos she takes such cool photos yeah um well it's the cutest and the coolest between the two so it really is um it's like my favorite ace and joshi miyu <laughs> she's so great um yeah so she wants she's a double champion now uh and you was also on the show so she showed up in the what was it? Uh, it was some sort of battle royal, right? That she was in. Yeah, it was the wasn't it the um, uh, DDT Heavy Metal Weight Championship, which was held by what's her name? <laughs> you the one you like the really yeah Sakia Kai Sakia Kai yes yeah uh, was it uh, I, I, I she turned up in that didn't she? Yeah, and she, and uh, Saki kept changing or trading the belt back and forth with Misaki Ohada's husband. Hmm. So, um, that was a hell of a show. That was the most fun I've had watching men's wrestling in a really long time. Honestly, <laughs> it was justifiably a lot of people's favorite show of the weekend. Yeah, and not yeah. because like the matches were necessarily incredible, but just the atmosphere. And yeah, the, and the main event was incredible, it, but it was very good. And but just like that, that is a promotion which was not afraid to present itself as it is. Yes, you got an authentic, true face DDT uh, experience there. Yeah, they they didn't Americanize themselves or change for the audience at all, which is perfect. That's such a mistake that so many Japanese companies make when they come here. It's or to England, I suppose. Also, is like we don't want to see <laughs> y- you wrestle against our people. I mean, we sort of—I don't know. What I'm saying is, giving what we actually like in the first place seems like the best method to me, especially when you're first breaking in. Yeah. So. 
we'll get to the ass opposite of that soon enough. Um, <laughs> actually, is it next? Is it next? Well, let's yeah, let's talk about Stardom's new, uh, NYC show. Yeah, and their MSG presence. Well, let's start with MSG. Let's, yeah. let's get that one out of the way because it's easy and it's short. Um, yeah. Their 10-minute match was bumped from the show completely. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, which, you know. Who are we talking? That's a, You're talking about Oedo Tai. Yeah, the Oedo Tai six-woman match. Yeah. And I did watch that. You had sent me the, as in you, Tom, not you, the wrestler, uh, had sent me the link. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did watch that. And it was it was fine. It was fun. It was fine. It was just, you know, these were some of the, when you consider what else was on the actual main card, um, and then you think, oh, right, these women could have had a better match than, like, all but two of the matches on the card. Oh, sort of did, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was sort of neat because, I mean, the building was a quarter full, but Oedo Tai still got a huge react. Well, as huge as a quarter full <laughs> building could give when they came out. I don't know. I think they fucked up not including them. But well, they fucked up in a in a more a more annoying way when it comes to their women's title. Oh my god! And, 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 no, that, that's not me saying that Mayu should still be championed. Mayu is injured. Mayu needs time off. Yeah, that's fine. But oh my god, uh, I, I've defended Kelly Klein before, but this is three bad matches now with yeah. Mayu Iwatani. Iwatani. How do you do that? I don't. How I, do you do that? <laughs> oh my yeah, god! It's not even like, like if I had a promotion. It's not like I wouldn't book Kelly Klein. But I would not make her my champion. I, w- I mean, I don't think I'd book her, honestly. But <laughs> that, that, to be fair, that is fair. I mean, what was the thing yeah. I sent you? I sent you when it actually happened. Just pointing out that there are there are people in the Stardom roster who weren't born when Kelly Klein started her career, and I think they're better than she is. <laughs> Perhaps to Hina and Rena. Yeah, I, um, um, I, I hate to say things like that, but. No, so do I, and I don't mean anything against her, but she's just not a great wrestler. But that's also, I think it's primarily just goes down to the identity of the, of the Ring of Honor Women's division, which it's is... It's been a terrible it, thing since it started. It's vestigial. Yeah. It's, it, it's troublingly absent. Mm-hmm. You just think, there's so many great unsigned wrestlers in the world especially amongst the women and ring of honor is not willing to spend any money to get any of them well kenny omega is about to do it yeah so. yeah <laughs> okay jamie hates is not actually signed to anyone you know yeah you don't get to dr- drive a dump dump truck full of cash up to her but yeah anyway the, the msg show from a women's perspective was disappointing no it was Okay, first off, people complain about how long WrestleMania is. This fucking show felt, I think it legitimately was five and a half or six and a half hours. Yeah. And it felt every fucking minute of it. It was one of, I don't want to get too much about men's wrestling on here, but it was legitimately one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my life. And one of the worst times I've ever had watching wrestling. I would rather watch boring-ass WrestleMania with their generic, bland bullshit than have to watch whatever the fuck Bully Ray was doing. Matt Taven winning world titles. Fuck. 
fucking Enzo and Tall Cassidy or whatever he fucking calls himself now. This, it was such a terrible show. Osprey and Cobb was okay. Uh, the three-way lucha match, I'm not a big spot type of guy, so it was okay. wasn't great. Uh, what was the other, what was next? Uh, Ibushi and Naito? Uh, which was fantastic. Which was fantastic. And then there was Okada and White, which was good. Um, and there's also the tag match. You mean G.O.D.? Yeah. That was okay. I, the, the, the one contribution that Ring of Honor really made to that show for me was... Uh, giving New Japan a stage. I was going to say PCO. but <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, even that, man, they fucked up the intro. Where they had the camera on them setting up the electric chair the entire time. Like, how fucking low rent can you get? There, He's got this big electric chair intro, and instead of showing the dudes in the ring or the audience, they keep the camera on it for the entire time it's being set up. Like, imagine if they showed the Undertaker's druids coming into place and <laughs> throwing the smoke machines out off uh, into the floor. So, such low rent bullshit. I fucking hated this show. Yeah. Well, to PCO, just by sheer personal magnetism, has earned his spot as the first. Yeah, sure. As yeah. the first challenger for that world title. Even though the stable he's in makes zero fucking sense. Oh yeah, no, but it's still a stable <laughs> that I, I kind of like. And I'm not. I I wish it was just a New Japan show. Yeah, but, exactly. But occasionally, there's just a, a couple of things that Ring of Honor threw in where it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm all for that. But yeah, it was for me. There were two okay New Japan matches, and I'm not a big New, New Japan guy anyway. But two okay New Japan matches, one good, really good New Japan match, and one just fucking great New, New Japan match, which was Abushi because he's a god. Yeah. Um, but with, uh, with, without those, it would have been a really troubling show. Can you imagine if ring, if this was just a Ring of Honor show? Oh my god, dumpster fire. Absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> it would have been the level of that fucking thing 20 years ago where Jake Roberts pulled his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> was, in fact, I think I'd rather watch drunk Jake Roberts pull his dick out. Well, That's how much I hated the ROH part of the show. That, that is a bleak thought, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I think... Maybe my expectations were bad because first off, um, DDT the day before was incredible and I really expected it to be a more new Japan heavy show. But anyway, to, to focus back on the women, uh, the match ended with the beautiful people in their like mid fucking forties reuniting to beat up Kelly Klein. Who gives the a beautiful fuck? people with Mandy Rose thrown in as well because good lord, yeah, I, I could not give a fuck about the women's division of Ring of Honor after this. And I know, yeah. I know that Ring of Honor have paid for the uh the the work visas of the stardom talent when they go to America, but oh my god, being loyal to this company feels like a poison pill. You just it does. What, what are, you, what are you getting out of it beyond we get to work a few dates, you know? Yeah. Fuck knows if they even use any of those women again. I I don't know. Who wants to see Oedo Tai versus the beautiful people? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, beyond just who, for the comedy. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember who the sixth person was in that opening dark match. Uh, but Jenny Rose. No, I like her. The other one. It was Hana, Sumie, and Jenny Rose against... No, it was Jenny Kagetsu was on the Hizuki. Side. Yeah, Kagetsu Hazuki and Jenny Rose against Hana, Sumie, and... Stella who? Gray? Bam. Bam. Stella Gray. Yeah, yeah. which... Yeah, whatever. I, I don't really have any problem with Stella Gray. I've I seen, don't know her from. That's basically anywhere. it. Yeah, she. I've seen yeah. her with a bunch of matches, and I don't remember many of them. Yeah. I remember every time I see Jenny Rose, I like her. That's all I know. I've seen a few um, in the in the in the women's tournament to crown uh, the title. There was actually a few a few good matches in there. It's just that the general direction of the overall division is just non-existent. And they've taught the audience not to give a fuck about it, and they certainly do not. Yeah. But moving on to our final, moving on our, our final New York category, Stardom had their own show. And this was really a tale of two experiences, wasn't it? Um, well, let's talk about, let's get the bad out of the way first. Okay. Um, <laughs> you might be too bad at the end, but we, I want to end it on something positive. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so. The show, they were operating out of, uh, basically somebody else's arena, somebody else's show that was running, uh, House of Glory. Yeah, that was it. And House of Glory were basically working in, in concert with a whole bunch of other promotions. And the promotion that ran directly before stardom was IPW UK. Now, for those of you who don't know, IPW UK was like a, a mainstay British promotion for years and years and years. Mm. And then one of their referees said, I'm starting my own promotion and that's RevPro. Yeah. Um, IPW UK is like RevPro without the New Japan relationship, which is to say bad. Right. <laughs> well, do they both have Andy Boy, though? Well, Andy Boy used to work for IPW UK, but... Oh, gosh. But, uh, yeah, IPW UK... Due to a ticketing problem for their show, their, all their tickets were being sold for uh, $1. Wow. And they were also giving away free tickets in the street. And this, uh, this is all information I got from elsewhere. You know, it's it's not firsthand. Um, Voices of Wrestling did a thing on this. <laughs> you must follow up on that. But yeah, it's... Uh, so after all, of the, all that effort, they had 12 people in the crowd. It's pretty bad. Pretty um, bad considering Stardom managed to draw hundreds and hundreds of people. The net effect of the of the IPW UK even continuing to happen was that they broke the bottom rope of the ring. Yeah, they, and set, that was the, they set back the start time of the Stardom show by a half hour. That was interesting because IPW must have had something announced in the first place because that was one of the cards I actually was interested in going to. And then somebody must have canceled, or uh, my memory's hazy, but they had something good announced to begin with, and they must have just gotten rid of it. <laughs> um, all right, but yeah, so, all right, the streaming experience was not so great for stardom. Um, so, first off, uh, we both had friends there. People were outside in the drizzling, freezing rain for... Right up until seven, and they were pissed, or at least people I knew were pissed. Um, then they get in the ring, they th- or they get in the building, and they think the show's about to start. Well, IPW broke the bottom rope. They're trying to fix that for a half hour. It doesn't work at all. 
Um, then you have the announcers who didn't realize somehow that their mics were on. So you got to hear all the stuff they were saying, um, which wasn't always great either with, uh, Fumi. It was what I think his name's Fumi and Jim Valley. Uh, yeah. and F- Jim Valley was asking Fumi if he should wear his glasses. And Fumi said something like, for a bunch of wrestling nerds? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay. Well, I mean, he's probably right, but you, should, you probably don't <laughs> want to be, you, you probably don't want to be caught saying it either. So, um, so first it starts, the fans are stuck in the freezing rain. Then it doesn't start for a half hour. Then the announcers are making fun of the fans. <laughs> and finally, this goddamn show starts, and it was good. I liked it. However, uh, the biggest match, the big dream match of Momo and Utami, it's going on. It's getting good. Right when it starts to get to a high point and uh, Utami lifts Momo up for the torture rack, oh, the feed's dead. And the feed remained dead until the Oedo Tai main event had already started. So I was fucking livid. Yeah, me too. I was watching it live. I actually, I have a friend uh, who just will never give Joshi a chance. He, I mean, he doesn't have anything against it. He watches and loves, loves it in America, like you know NXT and all that stuff. But he doesn't have. He just doesn't give it a chance. For, <laughs> I guess he doesn't want to put in the effort or something. But um, I he was able to get it free by using my referral code. It gave him a free ten dollar credit, which was the cost of the Stardom show. Needless to say, he wasn't impressed. He he was impressed with some of the wrestling, but he thought it was very low rent. So if that's you know what you're giving to a first time fan, you can't really blame him. Um, it didn't come off great on stream. Mm. So, but I heard like from a match perspective and from a fan enjoyment perspective from a lot of people there, I heard really good things. Yes, that's the other side of the coin, is the people that were there live, except for my friend that was pissed that he was standing out in the freezing rain, but except for that, everyone had a great time, loved it. Which is the kind of impression you want Stardom to make when they do these shows, because if they're going to do more of them, you know, maybe they need to partner with somebody better, maybe they need to make some adjustments, but... As long as the interest remains, I think that we're going to see more stardom shows. Yeah, I think they'll come to Tampa next year and do just fine. Yeah, which, yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, because yeah. uh, stardom, stardom doesn't, as long as they can sell more subscriptions to their online service and all that, then I'm fine. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. From a personal perspective, that show was really just gutting because yeah. we just lost the capacity to watch it properly. Yeah, yeah. The top part of the match, you missed the Oedo tie dance. It was just yeah. Which I mean, <laughs> if you get to see it, it's gone now. Yeah, we'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but I'm glad people had a great time live. It sounded like the after, the after show was a hell of a time. I've read a million stories on that at this point, and everyone had a great time. And apparently, all the wrestlers were just extremely nice, and everything went great. So it's really cool. 
Um, so moving on, uh, we are going to get, we're just going to jump ahead in time to more recent stuff because we had so many side episodes that we missed a lot. Uh, but I did want to give a quick shout out to one match in particular, uh, that I thought was tremendous. Uh, Hanakamura versus Konami from February 9th. That was a hell of a match. Yeah, I didn't expect Hannah to display, like, the ground savvy. I didn't either. Oh, no, it, especially with her furry boots in the way. Yes. It, I I said before, it reminded me a lot of the Hanakamura vs. Miko Iwata series from, uh, what was it, end of 2017 through mid-2018, where they just went at each other like they hated each other. It was so good. But yeah, instead of the uh, in- instead of having those big exchanges of like big boots versus kicks, it right. was all about exchanging these brutal submissions. Yeah, especially especially Hannah's closing octopus, which was disgusting. <laughs> she she has the best octopus in the game, and she well, has since she started doing that. Apparently, thing. Konami has the most mobile shoulders in the in the business yeah. because. <laughs> I have no idea how you can have both arms emerging from the same side of your body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was incredible. That was such a good match. I just had to, I think it's going to, when we do the next, you know, year end awards or whatever, I have a feeling that's going to be on there. I, I'm not to get too far into it, but I mean, Konami later cited this as a reason she doesn't hate Hannah anymore. Yeah. Just because somebody who who can give her that good a match. (laughs) And I think I read something, Maybe it was I, I read the same thing where Konami said she's fine being with Hana because she respects her now after that match. Yeah. But I thought I thought I also read the opposite where Hana said she drafted her because of that match. So, yeah, they both realized that that was something really good. Um, and it didn't feel like it got a lot of talk when it happened. I maybe maybe a little, but what, she so got well, more. It got buried amongst other stuff. Yeah, yeah, sort of got lost in the shuffle. That that pre-mania, you know, building time, so. Yeah. I think when people go back and watch it, though, they're going to really, really love it. Okay, so fast forward to, uh, what are we today, the end of April. So, most recent news. Uh, First off, Oedo Tai had a match with Queen's Quest that was Dances versus Masks. Or dance first masks and uh, Oeda Tai lost, so their big dance that they were so well known for is gone. Well, you could, that was telegraphed by a couple of factors. Firstly, the fact is you can't sell dancing, whereas you can sell masks. Yes. Uh, and at this point, I felt like the dance had outlived its usefulness. Well, I don't know about that, but it didn't really fit the current incarnation. Um, when I think of that dance, I think of uh, you had Kagetsu and Chris Wolf in front, and you had Hana and Tom Nakano in the back, and at one point there was Natsu there too. And that that version of Oedo Tai, it made perfect sense, and it was fucking awesome. Mm. But this version with, like, you know, Hazuki, who barely does anything during the fucking dance, and... Like, you can tell she hates the fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Andras Miyagi does it fine, but it doesn't really fit her personality. It, it just doesn't fit as well as it used to. 
No, it's not. And really... I, I certainly can't imagine Natsuko Tora doing it. <laughs> not with her current, basically completely evil character. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I cut you off. Sorry. No, but yeah, it's just like you say, it's it's something which really fit them at a certain point when they were sort of having fun with their personalities and sort of celebrating it a bit with the crowd and just giving the old wink nudge. Hey, we're, you know, we get what this is all about, but now yeah. the the personnel in the group has had got undergone such a radical shift mm-hmm. that just having this thing that was handed down basically through Kagetsu. Yeah. Kagetsu is the only, well, I guess Natsu to a degree. But even Natsu is she came into the group when it was when the dance had already been established. Yes. So the reasoning for continuing it was especially because they they kept every like six months they changed the dance to evolve it into something else, and then they have to teach a new person their role in the dance, yeah, and it just yeah. becomes this rolling thing where it's it it's not that they are pretending not to care; it's the fact that they it didn't re- they felt they genuinely felt like they didn't care about the dance. Yeah, so, it did. And the way to say is great without it, so. Yeah. Um, I do think a lot of people loved it, so it, w- it will be missed, but uh, it's probably for the best that it's gone. We'll see where they go from there. One great thing about Oedo Tai, which I think all ties back to Kagetsu, is that they always, she always evolves. So we'll see the next step of that evolution. So uh, let's talk about the draft then which is the next major part. Yeah, well, the match before the draft. Yes, yes. So we had the five-way elimination match where if you successfully picked up a win, you were eliminated and... Kept, and that was your draft position. Yeah, so if you got the first pin, you get the first pick, second pick, third pick, fourth pick, and then the loser of the match is has their entire stable abolished and refed into the system so they can be picked up by other people and as a result jan is gone they are um it was pretty predictable that it would be jan losing um i guess there were cases to be made for some other groups but not entirely jan had the biggest tell i guess um and if you want to keep it kayfabe, fucking Momo stole the goddamn elimination on Kagetsu. Or was it Kagetsu? Who did she steal that elimination? I, uh, I think she, it might have been yeah, Kagetsu. She, well, she beat she beat Kagetsu. Well, Jungle Kiona beat her, and then Momo knocked her out of the ring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, she stole the fucking elimination. <laughs> uh, so yeah if you uh, that that's a kayfabe thing for them to go back to at some point down the road um which is pretty neat but jan is gone now the promo going into the match the uh walking to the ring after the match jungle just sold the hell out of this to the point where it just started to actually work me where it's like, holy shit, she is not fucking happy. But I think she's just, you know, fantastic at her job. <laughs> well, she was also, she was given leadership of this group as like the fourth pillar. Right. Like pretty explicitly as the fourth pillar of stardom. Yeah. And now the fourth pillar after Hannah was signed is something else. 
It could be Hana. Um, Utami certainly has a case. And some people like to say Hazuki, I guess, because of her sort of position and her uh, length Hizuki, of service. But she's no. still a lieutenant in, in, in a group. Yeah, no. I mean, you, you're not a pillar of stardom when you're the second place of a group. No. That's like saying, you know, taking a men's wrestling, uh, Arn Anderson's a pillar of the NWA. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but not really. Yeah. Or, you know, tr- uh, the original 1996 DX Hunter Hearst Helmsley's a pillar of the WWF. Come on. 97. 97. 97. Um, I'm watching that shit right now, I say. (laughs) 97. So, you know, Big Nose, uh, Sable Carrion, or I guess he had China by that point. Fucking classical music entrance. That's pillar of WWF. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think that just represents how much certain people really like her, which makes sense, but she's not a pillar. Uh, You have those four and you have a Tommy and that's probably, oh, and Hannah. Hannah. So there's like, it's not that like jungle can't be having us, having us set four pillars is a bit of a, is a bit misleading in, in this promotion anyway, but, Jungle was sort of given that position at the start of the year where she was supposed to be like on equal footing with those others. And it just, for one reason or another, be it booking and all that, it hasn't quite taken in the same way. Yeah. So, and obviously with the signing of Hannah, that meant that they felt like it was a stronger choice to go with a completely fresh group and just dissolve Jan. And Jan was kind of, in the end, kind of a mishmash group that was formed out of, you know, we're all said, power wrestlers. We're, we're power wrestlers and we're bitter. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Runner up power wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, and Natsukatora is capitalizing on that bitterness in a different way now. Yeah. But, I, I, I just want to say quickly though, that if I had my pick, I probably would have left John and dissolved, even though they're my favorite stable, in all of wrestling, I probably would have dissolved Queen's Quest just because that's that's an Io Shirai thing and she's gone. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, They're my favorite stable. I love all four of them. Three, you know, whatever they are now. Um, I love Queen's Quest, but that's probably the one I would have picked. Well, I mean, I won't pretend. I I, I want. I kind of want Queen Quest Queen's Quest to go as well because it's a legacy stable that doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's doesn't even have any original members left. So we're, which well, I, I guess, I guess you could say that about Ueda Tai as well, but Getsu feels like she of. made that her own, whereas Momo hasn't really made Queen's Quest her own. And Kagetsu was around in the uh, Kyoko days, Kyoko Kimura, yeah. and uh, Momo and Azumi are original members. Mm. So, I mean, but, not not like like the very first two where it was like Io and Hazuki, but. Yeah. Not not too far behind. Um, I would say that one of the highlights of that match was the fact that uh, Kagetsu looked so pissed that she had not managed to get the first pick, or at least ahead of Momo. Yeah, because she needed she badly, badly wanted to get Azumi into Edotai. Well, I'd be upset too if I lost the chance to draft the future of the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> greatest wrestler on God's green earth. 
Um, and of course, Mayu managed to get the other pick, so you knew who the first two picks of the draft were going to be straight off the bat. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. So should we run through the uh, the realigned stables as they? We can do that real quick. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I've got uh, stars first up, and I'll talk a little bit about the narrative of these as well. Um, yeah. Once we've done them. So it's Mayu, Starlight Kid, Arisa Hoshiki, Tam Nakano, Saki Kashima, Hanan, Zaya Brookside, uh, amazingly, <laughs> and Saya Ida. Which was the only surprise pick. Yeah. Uh, Queen's Quest, we have Momo Watanabe, Azumi, Utami Hayashita, B. Priestley, Viper, Chardonnay, Leo Onozaki, and Hina. Right, right. On Oeda Tai, we have Kagetsu, Hazuki, Andras Miyagi, Natsukatora, Jamie Hayter, Martina, Natsu Samire. Yes. Only one surprise pick there. Yeah. And for International Army, which has been now been renamed Tokyo Cyber Squad, or TCS for short. Fucking great. Uh, we have Hanakamura, Jungle Kiona, Konami, Mari Apache, Natsumi, Rebel Kel, Bobby Tyler, Huraka, Rina, and Kaori Yoniyama. This is by yes. far a mon- This is a monster of a stable. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's ten people. Yeah. Not including, I'm sure, you know, whatever Gaijin come in, we'll possibly be aligned with them too. So. Well, this is where this is where part of my argument comes in. This was a huge babyface turn for Hanakamura. This whole thing, yes, yeah. because once once Mayu said after Saya Ida that she was shutting her doors, yep, and walking away from the draft, yep, whilst Hanan's sisters were still available, yeah, she she abandoned those girls. She did I, I, all the stuff about protecting the future of the promotion, picking people, picking Starlight Kid. And she just took these two twins and tossed them to the wolves, basically. Yeah. Queen's Quest snapped up Hina, which yeah. Hina was in tears and very great. God, that was so it was, sad and it, cute. It, oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Leo's there to eat, yeah. eat some pins so Azumi can stop doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, Leo also uh, abandoned by... You know, one of the main main groups as well. Effectively, what do you I know, mean? Well, I know she wasn't. She again. These are, these are the type of talents. These up and coming young talents who oh, yeah. Mayu yeah. should be fostering and leaving her doors open for. And she said, "Nope, we're done." Yep. So, which means that people like uh, Leo Nozaki and Hina and Ruaka, and again Ruaka and Rina. Have gone to Tokyo Cyber Squad. Yeah, Hannah left her doors open for the longest of anyone. Yep, she basically took in all these abandoned people. She took in well, she she obviously went for my Mari Apache because there's a long term relationship there. But she yep. also took in Natsumi, reuniting mother and daughter. Yeah, and the fact that she. At the end, she's even taking in Kari Yoniyama, even though she doesn't like Senpai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when you get that match where she's changed the name of the stable to Tokyo Cyber Squad, 
their greeting, their, their show closing thing at the end, their motto is everyone's different, everyone's great. Everyone's, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. I, I just... It's wonderful, yeah. They're such baby faces, and Hannah's changed up her gear again to... Yeah, thank God those fucking fuzzy boot covers are gone, yeah. Well, I, 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 again, I, th- <laughs> I'm i sure she'll be breaking those out now and then for, like, 50% of the time when she changes her gear between main event and yeah, and yeah. standard matches. And But uh, so much of Hannah's look has evolved directly in over the last, like six months and when she first started coming out by herself and founding the international army yeah i mean look wise she's tried a million things at this point so but it's finally it finally feels like it's coming together for her absolutely as well but just like the fact that she's taken in all these stray sheep and created this this massive stable, the, the the label of stars as being the default babyface, all inclusive group in stardom is done. They are only for cute wrestlers, cute yeah. girls. They are for people who fit Mai's vision, which is almost a Queen's Quest type. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hannah's group is now the default for Hannah's group is now stars. Yeah. <laughs> Tokyo Cyber Stars. I mean, they didn't change a lot with the draft. They put Saya Ida into Stars, um, and that's about all they did there. They they did sell that both Saki Kashima and Tom Nakano were upset with going third and fourth. Uh, So that was that was pretty good. Queen's Quest, they got Hina and Lina, Leo Onizaki, uh, essentially to eat pins, like I said, so that Azumi can not have to do it every single match. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's way too good for that. Um, Oedo Tai added Natsuka Tora, and that's about it. But that's a hell of an addition. Um, and she's changed entirely from it, which is it's so good. Yeah, that, the biggest, the biggest winners, I mean, aside from the fact that my favorite storyline in the actual draft picking itself was Natsu Samire. Yeah. Just <laughs> being left behind every time and Mayu and Kagetsu conspiring together to drive her mad. Yeah. But that was funny too, how, uh, Natsu played, you know, like she, like she, uh, she goes, what are you, doing i almost got drafted into stars you know like there's any chance of that happening but the the residual like antagonism of that continues to play out because natsukatora is actively bullying her yeah but yeah natsukatora is just super super bitch now (laughs) it it, it was so i i just hope jungle beats her into the dirt (laughs) (laughs) because um how she po- how Natsuko poured water on her head and then beamed her in the head with a bottle. Oh my god! Well, I, She's guess, just... I, I guess the underlying psychology would be that uh, Jungle sold her a false bill of goods on Jam. Well, not intentionally. No, but... no, but still, you know, she was led by this person into this other group, and this group was destroyed within a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And they'd always had some tension between them. 
the longest time at this point and finally finally exploded now um and it's great and i hope i really hope that natsuko can stay like this because if there's one thing that stardom's missing it's actual heels yeah, real heated. Like, I mean, the tension between her and Jungle now is just right up there. Yeah, I mean, they the last time they tried to make a real heel was Io Shirai when she broke up Thunder Rock and turned on Mayu. But she's fucking Io Shirai, and the audiences refused to boo her. <laughs> they just kept cheering her. They didn't give a shit. So it didn't really work. Um and they haven't really tried, like, people always talk about how Oedo tie are heels, but they're not. They're just sort of chaos creators. <laughs> yeah, and they're not even that mean. Like, they like to brawl in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Um, the Queen's Quest might be the meanest of any of them, just because Azumi's got that poison tongue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's no real heels. So, and... I think Natsuko can be that, but I don't know for how long. I don't know how long they'll let her keep doing that, or even if she'll get to a high enough level. Because what's what I feel like they she's not cute, we'll say, and that's why she can play that real heel without the audience refusing it. But she also, so far, doesn't really scream main eventer either. So unless she can do that and become a main event heel, mm. which is within her capabilities, then I don't know how much it, you know, how much it really matters anyway. But for now, for now, it's great. If, well, for we, I think a lot of us thought when she got drafted into Oedo Tai that she would be doing sort of the um, acute type. Because she's got that... Um, I don't know if you follow, you follow her on um, Instagram. Instagram, yeah, she's got she has got like a, a cute, like dark maid type gimmick thing. Yeah, yeah, like sort of a Harajuku goth type thing. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, she's gone hard the other way. Yeah, wears all black. Yeah, acts like a complete piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, it's great, and especially versus Jungle though, who's like the number one baby face. As far as garnering sympathy, it's just gonna it's gonna work so well. I already love it. It's really great. And of course, they're facing in the first round of the Cinderella tournament. They are. I think they're gonna eliminate each other. Um, mm-hmm. You want to get into the uh, Cinderella tournament now? Well, yeah, if you run it down, since I read out the uh, the blocks, the, I, the, 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 the stables. <laughs> the stables. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Okay, so on one side, we'll stay on the left side for now. Uh, you have Hanakamura versus Andres Miyagi. That'll be good. Uh, you have Natsuko Toro versus... Jungle Kiona. And I think Hana's going to win, and then Tora and Kiona are going to go to a double elimination somehow, which uh, who knows how. Um, Stardom doesn't really do the DQ things, DQ thing very much, but I think that'll give Hana a buy into the semis. Uh, beneath them, you have another interstable battle with Arisa Hoshiki versus Saki Kashima. I think Arisa's got to win that. Um, and then you have Kagetsu versus Tom Nakano. 
which is harder to call, but I'll go with Kagetsu for now. I think Kagetsu once again teased the return of her twin sister. Oh, Kageko, yeah. So that could give him an easy excuse to get Tamu in. Um, that's likely what it's going to be. Yeah. And so also, then you have this Tam challenging for the for the red belt somewhere down the line is that's a that's a decent show. Yeah. And you also have stars, another stars battle then, if that happens with Orissa and Tom in the quarters. Especially um, if Tam wants to prove that she should have been picked ahead of those, uh, ahead of at least Orisha. Uh, yeah. She was picked ahead of Saki, but. Yeah. So um, in that case, the way I would figure it would be that Orisa Hoshiki would win and then Tam Nakane would beat Orisa Hoshiki. Yes. Yeah. Um, wait, I would have Orisa beating Tom. In order to, it, well, maybe, but I think I was thinking in order for Tam to establish herself at a certain level going into oh, the I title see. match. I just think they're about to start running with Arissa because sometime, I believe it's in May, she's actually going to start working a full time roster like the rest of, or a full time schedule like the rest of the roster. So that combined with how awesome she is, I think they're about to push her hard. Yeah, I think they also they've just done a, a photo shoot with her as well, so. Yeah, she's the next photo book. Um, so yeah, I see Arissa beating both of those stars people and going against Hanakamura in the semis. On the other side, uh, you have Starlight Kid versus Natsu. Um, that could honestly go either way. Who knows? Yeah. Um, you have B Priestley versus Hazuki. I think Hazuki will win that. Uh, well, actually, I don't know because B Priestley always does really well in these tournaments. True, but uh, I, mean, uh, B, I think B beat Hazuki last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um, then you have Azumi versus Rebel Kel, which is just visually amazing. Yeah, the picture of the press conference is so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, God, I hope Azumi wins, but she probably won't. Uh, then you have Konami and Momo Watanabe, which Konami's been on fire lately with the Queen's Quest and in particular Momo Watanabe hate. So, but in order, in order for, and I assume Rebel Kel's going to win her match. That means Momo's got to face off against Rebel Kel. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, you've got Rebel Kel versus Konami, and it's too early for, you know, interstable. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, well, okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and guess. Okay. Let's say I'm going to pick Natsu, Hazuki, Rebel, and Momo. Then I'll take Hazuki over Natsu and Momo over Rebel. So one side I have Hana and Andras and the other side I have Hazuki and Momo, which will be a hell of a match if it happens. And then my finals. See, this is hard for me because there is actually an official, uh, not an official, but there's a pool on Reddit. If you want to, well, oh, actually, yes, by the I, time this goes I have, up, I, I have done that. So, yeah. Well, I was just going to tell the listeners, the audience, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but by the time this goes up, it'll be too late. But there is a uh, there is a pick'em, and my pick in that is uh, Arissa over B. So instead, I'm going to go with. Uh, Arissa over Hazuki. I just, I, I don't even know that I entirely believe it anymore, like I did when I first said it. Mm. 
But I just feel like Arisa's going to get a gigantic push. But then again, so's Hana. I don't think Hazuki will because she's had belt challenges recently and she's only a second in command. And she's worked a lot with Momo, so. Yeah. So I think Momo's going to go to the finals and then lose probably to Hana Kimura is what I think will really happen. That's but, pretty much what I think as well. Yeah. Hana defeats Momo. Um, however, in my heart, I'm going to pick Orisa over Hazuki. <laughs> <laughs> but my brain says Momo, or Hana over Momo. Yeah, my heart says Hana. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I love Hana, but yeah. I, I also, I love Orisa too lately, so. So, yeah, that's actually, you know, the Cinderella tournament's usually quite fun. You, 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 yeah. and I, obviously, I think some of these are going to go to 10 minute draws. Like the Natsuka versus Jungle, yes, is like the clearest one that's definitely. You just think there's no way that those people can finish a match in under ten minutes. Yes, yeah, but uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a few interesting matches in there. I'm definitely looking forward to Azumi versus Rebel Kel just for the visual. Yeah, although I don't know, I wish Rebel wasn't really in it, but you've got to have some stuff. representation from Gaijin. Uh, yeah, I think she's the only one. B, B oh, B's in there as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just the fact that the, the, the uh, every time people go up to the top rope in uh, the resistance gallery, and uh, they go up into a certain corner, it's known as the B Priestley Memorial Corner. Why? Because B Priestley got dropped on her head out of that corner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in a horror, in a scary, scary spot. Oh, just every every time I just every time I go to that venue and people climb in that corner, it's just like not the B Priestley Memorial Corner. <laughs> That's the most dangerous corner of the ring. <laughs> Everyone knows that's the hardest corner in the ring. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. Um, but okay, so are we agreeing with our? Logic picks Hano over Momo. I think so, yes. But for the life of me, I can't remember what I said in the pick'em. So <laughs> I said a wrist over B and would have ran with that until you just talked me out of it with uh, Hazuki losing to her last year. I can't imagine they do that two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. It's, just really, it's really hard to call. It really just depends on who they want to elevate because Hana doesn't yeah. need it necessarily. She doesn't, but her stable is also brand new. Yeah. And my thought is that she wins this and then takes the white belt from Momo. That's I honestly think that's going to happen. But with um with Mayu gone, the stars need somebody to step up. Arissa. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of good ways this can go. I don't think there's any like there's nobody who's going to win this who I'm just going to say this is a bad idea. Unless, what if Rebel Kel wins it? Well, the, Rebel Kel is pretty, pretty explicitly like <laughs> Hannah's goon, so <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think she's the uh, the bad luck folly of yeah, yeah, Tokyo Cyber Squad. Um, I, I like yeah, Rebel it looks it looks she, she, she's so like statuesquely different to everyone else in that promotion. Yes. Having this like six foot woman, like looking like yeah. she does, just like completely yeah. out of place with everyone else, but somehow yeah. she's 
clearly having the time of her life while she's there. And I, I love. I mean, it. she's staying forever. Yeah. Yeah, I love it when people just go to Japan and have the time ha- have, and really just enjoy it like she yeah. clearly has. So yeah, I'm really happy for her. Yeah. I mean, I don't dislike her like I do the other rebel that was in stardom but <laughs> but i mean she's just she's just she's there yeah yeah um i think it looks like a great tournament should have produced some really good matches and so uh should we move on to our final segment of the day we can um now the problem with what we previously stated is that since we decided to cover nane takahashi the stardom site has been rebuilt, which means it's a it's mildly harder to navigate b i no longer have the ability to cast it to my big screens easily i can't do it but it's really difficult to do no. um but mostly and most importantly a lot of the old matches are gone for the moment yeah i now watch stardom on an ipad which yeah, it's not great, but it's not the end of the world. At least no, it's no. not my phone. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we were going to have the inaugural Red Belt Finals, and really, basically, that whole show was great. Um, but it was going to be Nanae versus Yoko Bito from 2011. That's gone. So we have to pick a new classic. Uh, I talked to Tom about this earlier. Who did you pick, Tom? Well... In honor of a person who I met this week, and I've seen a few of their matches before, but I really want to watch some Act Yasukawa. Hell yeah. Because, Hell yeah. Not, not at least because when, when I asked Chris Wolf like ages and ages ago, who should I check out? She said Act. Yeah. So, yeah. She's I need, awesome. I need to know more about her. So, yeah. what have you got for me? I have for you one of uh, her best matches and one of this other person's best matches in stardom also. It is from January four- of 2014, Akti Azukawa versus Kairi Hojo. Awesome. Hell yeah. It's going to be good. Yep. <laughs> I do not regret this <laughs> choice. <laughs> yes, it's going to be so good. Um I haven't seen this match probably in a couple of years, so it's going to be pretty fresh for me too. So I am also excited. I know they had, I think two or maybe even three matches with each other and they were all good. But I think if memory serves, the January one was the best one. So I look forward to it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. 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 So I'm sorry to anyone out there that was looking forward to the classic talk this week, but you know. These things happen. We'll be back with that next month. Unlike projects, which we may do at some point down there, I don't think that we've officially killed them. <laughs> no, it's more just but, if we fancy doing them, I think. Yeah, yeah, because, I, I mean, I still have to watch the entire uh, season one of Tofu Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that Kenny loves that as well. Yes, yeah. The, the fact that he saw people in that show and signed them. Yes, so. yep. Jirina Matsui and oh, that's right. Um, God, what's her name now? Uh, this is making me look bad. What's her name? It's making me look bad as well. That's why I didn't say her name. Is it Nyla Rose? Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he saw her in that and said, "Yeah, that, that, that's a person I want to have in my promotion." 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's going to be great. Um, his, okay. His nerd credentials are so high. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been through Tofu Pro, you can work anywhere, kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, great. So I guess we're done here this week. Uh, we covered a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, we're sort of we're we're experimenting with slightly restructuring some aspects of the show and just. Uh, trying to pare down actual just match reviews and stuff, just talk about more of just news. And I don't think we really talked about matches at all this week, beyond uh, just touches here and there. Just Hana and Konami, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think in future we're always going to have stuff we want to recommend or talk about structures, of, we'll talk about individual shows in terms of you should check this out. But I think this works better. Uh, I do too. I don't think people need to hear every detail of every match. No. And if you, if anyone has any feedback on this, please let us know because yeah, let us know which you prefer. You know, we're always open to uh, constructive criticism. Yes, yes. And if you need to call me an asshole to set, to tell me a point that's worth doing, yeah, feel 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 free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's great. Uh, next week, Tom and I, well, <laughs> let me not say that. Next month, probably, Tom yeah. and I will be back, uh, to talk all the latest news that's happened and post Cinderella tournament, mm-hmm. post the beginning of the Catch the Wave tournament, mm-hmm. and, uh, whatever else happens in that time. And we'll also talk about, once again, if you want to watch with us, Akti Azakawa versus Kairi Hojo, stardom January 26th, 2014. Um, and we'll see you then. So thanks again for joining me, Tom. That's ah, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right. We'll talk to everyone later. Bye. Bye. So, uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm RabbitStavros77. I am at CoffeeYay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I also have another podcast, Cure for the Common Podcast. We are now entering our fifth or sixth year of covering a single year of WWF history, because God knows we need to break it down this much. Um, <laughs> I record another episode today. We're, he- we're on currently on the road into Survivor Series, which means if oh, you want to hear me really hate Shawn Michaels, then uh, <laughs> check it out. And if you you should have me on if you want to hear me really love Shawn Michaels. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he randomly just starts mooning the crowd this week. He is 97 Shawn is like the greatest heel in history. Uh, he's unbearable. <laughs> exactly. No, not in the right way. I, yes, in the right way. No, I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> he's such a prick. <laughs> exactly. I, I know what you mean, but it's the, oh, I hate it. The only time I think he took it too far was uh, Davy Boy's, uh, what was it, his sister that had cancer? Yeah, but that was also the way that whole thing was booked was designed to castrate the entire Heart Foundation. Yeah, which I don't even give a fuck about. It was the fucking with cancer thing. No, I don't he, uh, no the, uh, 
if I could break this down, and I will cut this out of the episode, but Sean, <laughs> Sean actively sabotages angles that have been booked constantly. Yeah. It like through action, he he deliberately goes out of his way to force everyone else who's being a professional to look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> like people say shit like that though and i'm not fucking with you but people say shit like that but everyone loves the heart foundation and looks upon them greatly yeah but he absolutely cut their nuts off but he didn't because they were still over and they still have a huge spot in history right but they, their their spot in history was truncated greatly for obvious reasons